0: Amen, amen. Before I get started, I want to welcome y'all to Radiate. Thank you for being here. It makes my heart happy that you're here, and it makes Jesus happy that you're here. Amen, amen. All right, so I'm going to get y'all, because I know we have some visitors tonight. If you're visiting with us, can you just raise your hand? You don't have to be weird, LaModric. It's cool. Just raise your hand. So for some of you who have never visited with us, we like to call ourselves Jesus Followers. And sometimes what that means is when you're in a serv- in your service like this and you hear something that's really good, you hit him with a, yeah, that's good. How's it go? Yeah, yeah. amen. Yeah, that's good. You might clap. You never know. Ooh, that's Grayson's. Grayson's is like he just had a bad taste in his mouth. I want to read Isaiah 61 through 5 and verse 15. It says, Arise, shine. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters are carried on the hip. Then you will look and be radiant. Although you've been forsaken and hated with no one traveling through, I will make you the everlasting pride and the joy of all generations. That's what we're here for. We want to be an everlasting pride and a joy to all generations. That's what Radiate is all about. We are here to come and celebrate Jesus and become an everlasting pride and joy to not only our generation, but all generations. We exist to make the truth of Jesus relevant, relatable, and real to high school students. That is all we exist for. Can I pray again, is that cool? Why not? Yeah. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is true, and I thank you that at the reading of your word, lives are changed and souls are saved. We thank you for that in Jesus' name, amen. Has anyone ever been on a plane before? It's okay to raise your hand. Has anyone ever been on a plane before, ever in your life? Ever. Ever. Who here enjoys traveling? Like, if you could travel for a living. Like, I know some of you girls have, like, on Instagram that one, like, travel page. And, like, you live, like, vicariously through them. Because you're like, I want to be there and, like, you know, take, like, pics on the beach. Like, walking with the hand back. Just me? All right. No. It's cool. The first time I ever flew, I was in eighth grade. I'm not in eighth grade anymore. Praise God. That was a dark time in my life. It was a very dark time in my life. I was in eighth grade, I went to New York and Washington, D.C. at the ripe age of 13 years old. The ripe age of 13 years old. And I love flying, but what they don't prepare you for in New York City is, anybody ever been to New York City? Not New York State, but New York City? Okay, have you ever been to Chinatown? Okay, it's it's not racist, it's the name of the thing. In Chinatown, there are a lot of Chinamen. And China women. You could call it a China cabinet if there was a governmental structure. So you go to Chinatown, and what they don't prepare you for are all the hagglers that are on the side of the road. And so you'll walk by and they'll have like a Gucci belt, but you know it's not real. And they're like, oh come here real quick, and you know all that Gucci belt, they still look so good. On oh, you, yeah, yeah, just put it on there. No, it's not. And they try to sell you stuff like fake Ray-Bans and Gucci belts and, I don't know, anything else, Uh, Oakley's, anything and everything. They will try to sell it to you. And so you'll come to church sometimes, and you'll hear this verse preached like this. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you they emphasize the darkness. They make big of the darkness. And it's not that they're changing the scripture, they're just changing the way it's read to you. It's not that the people who were selling me stuff in New York were lying to me. I know that Gucci belt looks good on me. But the way they were saying it, they were trying to sell me something. They tried to make it look like they were in it for me, But really, they just wanted my money. When you come to church sometimes and they read these scriptures, they really want to make it look like it's for you, but in all reality, it's for them. They're trying to make you get saved and join the church, and stop smoking, and stop drinking, and stop clubbing, and stop going out, and stop doing all these drugs, and yada, 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 yada. yada. And while that is all good, and awesome, and great, and please don't do drugs, and don't drink, and don't smoke, and don't go to the clubs, and all that stuff, the way they are doing it is so backwards. Now if the person who was selling me these things just came at me at a reasonable price, and told me it was fake, and told me it wasn't real, I would think about it. I wouldn't buy it because I'm smart with my money. You a kayak. Okay, that's okay. Never mind. Ne- never mind. All right. <laughs> the things they are saying aren't necessarily false. It's just the way they're saying them is. And now the end all be all of church people's uh, tactics are good. They want you to be saved. They want you to live a healthy life in Jesus Christ, but their methods are terrible. They're trying to guilt you and shame you and fear you into a life of Christ and f- The Bible never says that the fear of God would bring men into repentance, that the shame that that God brings, which is not accurate at all, that the guilt would bring you into repentance. But we have churches all over the world that are trying to bring young people into a life of Christ with shame, guilt, fear, and all kinds of darkness because they don't want to emphasize the light. They just want to show the darkness. We make the darkness huge while we minimize the light. The church, by and large, has preached doom and gloom to no end and then wonder why the next generation is abandoning them at, pre- at unprecedented levels. It's because if you tell people how bad things are and you don't have any light or hope to offer, what's the point? I went to the doctor recently because I had like uh, bronchitis and uh, I went in and she was like, you know, breathe, and which I was already breathing, so she was like, breathe, and I was like, I am, you know, so like you don't have to tell me. It's kind of a reactionary thing. I already do it. It's not like like just tell me to like bend, you know, whatever. So she told me to breathe, and I started coughing, and so she was like, well, it looks like you've got bronchitis, but it might be pneumonia, and like you might have cancer. We might have to chop off your leg. But we don't have the technology here to fix it. I was like, well, why am I here? That sounds ridiculous. Why would you go to a a hospital that couldn't fix you, that couldn't offer you a solution, that couldn't offer you medicine, that couldn't offer you things to help your current situation? And most people come to church and they say, you're a drunk, you smoke, you're an adulterer, you're addicted to porn, you party, you drink, you cut yourself, you have suicidal tendencies, you have all these things, but they never offer you a solution. They never tell you about the light. They just give you the darkness that you're living in. Hello, I know that I'm living in darkness. It's obvious to me. I can't see anything. Obviously, there is darkness around me. I don't need other people coming to me with condemnation telling me about the terrible life that I live. I'm not saying that y'all live terrible lives because y'all are just Jesus-loving people, and y'all are amazing. Amen. 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 No one wants to sit around and listen to a church service where we just shout from the top of our lungs, the world's going to hell, and we just sit back and do nothing. No one wants to go to a church service where there is no hope offered. No one wants to come to a church, and that's why no one comes to church sometimes, because we don't offer anything sometimes. There's nothing to offer for most people. God is not impressed by selfish saints, but he takes joy in good Samaritans. God is not impressed with your do get while you leave people around you hurting and helpless. Everybody thinks this generation is leaving the church because they don't believe in Jesus. This generation is going, is, isn't coming to church because the church hasn't given them a Jesus to believe in. They think we're not coming to church because we don't believe in Jesus. We believe in Jesus, but not the Jesus you're giving me. That is a synthetic portion of Jesus that is not true, that is not real, that does not have hope, that can't change my situation, that can't do anything for me, that can't get me out of the muck that I'm living in, that can't let me live in power, that can't do anything for me, and I want no part of it. That's why young people are leaving the church. And some people are so wrapped up in their mindsets of this is the way it's always been, so this is how we're going to do it that they can't offer anything else. Young people believe in Jesus, but not the Jesus that some churches offer. The reason we focus so much on the darkness is not because we believe the darkness is that much greater than the light. is because we, we haven't seen the light, so we don't even believe it exists. We've lost all hope and end up in a place of where were you, Jesus, when I needed you the most? Where were you in my pain? Where were you in my loss? Where were you in my struggle? Where were you when my life was at its darkest moment? Where were you when so many people lost lives, homes, possessions in Hurricane Harvey, and even now in Irma? Where were you when my mom died? Where were you when my dad left? Where were you when my little sister got cancer? Where were you in the night? Where were you in the dark? Where was the light then, Jesus? And where was the light then, church? See, you will not come to radiate and hear me preach fake sermons. And pretend life is a cakewalk, and we all just live in a perfect bubble, free from sin and sickness and all these other things. And I just live a perfect life, and da, da 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 da. I've never had to struggle all my life. I've never had. I've never dealt with anger. I've never dealt with these things. You will not hear me preach that sermon. Because I will not preach a sermon I have not lived, and I have not lived a perfect life. I'm not perfect. I'm not there yet, so if you're looking for a church with a perfect pastor, if you're looking for a youth ministry with a perfect pastor, deuces, and I hope you find it. I'm not immune to the struggle, I'm not immune to pain, I'm not living in an isolated bubble apart from the world's struggles while I sit around in self-justification going over all the reasons that I'm right and you're wrong. I understand you have real issues you're going through. I understand there's pain, I understand there's hurt, and I understand there are things that are going on in your life that I've never had to deal with. Christians are great at this. You come to them with a problem and they say, yes, brother, I understand, or yes, sister, I understand, when they don't, I don't know what you're going through. Some of the things you're going through, I've never had to go through. I have a dad, I have a mom, they love me. I lived a good life, I never had to want. Now there were some things that I wanted that I didn't get, but I never had to go without. I never went to bed hungry, I never did any of these things. So I don't know those things, and I can't be there in your pain sometimes because I don't know it. I didn't live in the social sphere that y'all had. Instagram came out when I was a senior, guys. Is that not crazy? I remember when young people were on Facebook. How many of y'all actively check your Facebook? Dang, that's what I thought. I got you, homie. Instagram came out when I was a senior. Snapchat was barely being used. I don't know the things that y'all are going through sometimes, because I didn't go through them. But Jesus did. He was made fully human. So he knows your struggle. He knows your pain. He knows the things that you have gone through. And he is not sitting up in a perch somewhere blaming you. He is not sitting up in a perch somewhere saying, I don't know what they're going through because I can't sympathize with them. That's not Jesus. That's not the heart of Jesus. That's not what he's about. That's not what he's never, ever been about. Jesus is here with you, and he can sympathize with you, but more importantly, he can empathize with you. He's not just going to say, oh, poor guy, oh, it's okay. He's going to do something about it. When you go to Jesus with your struggle and with your pain, he doesn't just say, oh, I'm sorry, bud. He does something about it. Amen. Amen. (laughs) I'm not making light or little of your pain and struggle but I am making much of my savior. Christians are the only people in the world that will try to make people feel better by disqualifying disqualifying or diminishing another person's pain. Christians are the only people in the world. Sorry. Christians are the only people in the world that will come up to you while you're dealing with something and try to make you feel better by convincing you you're not going through something. So. I know you're not doing drugs. Hey, bud, I know you're going through some stuff and I know you're, like, you're doing some drugs or something, but you know, Kay, or Kaylee over there is going through something much worse. So I think you can deal with it, bud. <laughs> Am I right? Am I right? They'll come up to Michael. Michael, I know you just lost your dad, bud. But you'll see him in heaven someday. He's up there shooting dice with Jesus bacon apple pies. It's going to be alright. You'll see him someday in heaven. Odds are he knows that he's going to see him in heaven. But guess where Michael's not at? Heaven. He's on earth dealing with real struggle and real pain. And Christians have misconstrued this thing to where we think we've got to go from earth to heaven when we can pull heaven to earth. We think that we have to subject our pain to the grand scope of things and say, oh, it's not that bad. Well, guess what? To me right now, yes, it is that bad. The stress that I feel about the tests and ACTs and college that's coming up and this girl's talking about me on Snapchat and nobody watched my Instagram story even though it was really funny and nobody laughed at my joke today and we got in a fight at a lunch table and then they laughed and this thing. Jesus cares about that. He cares about your pain. He cares about your struggle. Every bit, from the biggest to the least. He cares about it all. People make fun of me sometimes. Well, not sometimes, but like all the times. Because I'll pray for my football team to win. I I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, Father, I just thank you right now in the name of Jesus that the Atlanta Falcons are going back to the Super Bowl. And Tom Brady will never win another Super Bowl in the rest of his life. In Jesus' name, amen. Why? Why? Because Jesus cares, says pray about everything. I'm gonna pray about everything. Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus that my fantasy team is gonna win. Yes, Lord, amen, thank you, Jesus. He cares. The heart of Jesus is not to diminish or disqualify your pain. That was never the heart of Jesus and it's not the heart of radiate. When you come in here, we will never disqualify or diminish your pain. It's real. We will never say, oh, well, it's not that bad, honey. Because guess what, to you it is. And if it's that bad to you, it's that bad to me. I'm not that far removed from high school. I know what it's like. Now, I may not be in the same uh, situations y'all are in, but I know the pain is real. And I know the hurt is real or else you wouldn't be going through it. Verse 4. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons from afar and your daughters are carried on the hip. Lift up your eyes and look around. I will never diminish or disqualify your pain, but I will tell you to get your eyes off of it. Lift up your eyes. Look around. Look at what Jesus is doing. He wants to do something in this generation. People get on to me all the time, they say, Corey, why do you believe in this generation? Because nobody else does. Why do you believe in the millennial and and the next generation, why? Because somebody does it and I do. And if I'm the only one that will ever believe in them besides Jesus Christ, I'll do it till my last breath. Why? Because nobody believed in Jesus either. They told him he was crazy. Is he really the son of God? We don't know. He's either crazy or the Christ. And guess what? He was the Christ. So people can tell me all day that you're lazy. I don't believe it. People can tell me all day that you're not passionate. I don't believe it. People can tell me all day that you'll never amount to anything, but I believe that in this room there are rule changers, there are revivalists, there are preachers, there are teachers, there are prophets, there are evangelists. There is everything that the world needs to usher in the second coming of Jesus Christ right here in this room and in this generation. All assemble, all people, all backgrounds, all skin colors, all cultures, all places, all people. Last I checked, all means all. Jesus didn't come to create a secret society or a social club. He came to establish his kingdom. And when he established his kingdom, he didn't say, no, you're out. No, you're out, you're too fat, Uh, you're too skinny, Uh, you didn't get enough likes on your Instagram, you don't have enough friends on Snapchat. Your Snapchat streaks too long. You got too many points on your Snapchat. <laughs> Y'all know I'm preaching truth. <laughs> Jesus didn't come to exclude people. He came to include people. He didn't come to say, you're out and you're out and you're out and you're out. And I'm those people. That's not what he came to do. He came to invite all people into the kingdom of God. No one is exempt, no one is excused, and no one is excluded. Because of Jesus and his free gift of righteousness, we are now not just encouraged, but required by God to spread his hope, love, acceptance, and good news to all people everywhere. Where is that? Everywhere. From Syria to South Sudan. From the Bahamas to Baghdad. From Compton to Beverly Hills. Everywhere. All people. Everyone. All means all. Verse 5. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. What I get from this is that it's not going to be a drag to follow Jesus. It's not going to be... Like, man, I have fallen Jesus. Can I tell you the truth? Ever since i followed Jesus, my life has never been the same. It's been insane. I said yes to the plan of Jesus. I was in Winsboro, Brookshire's, back in the back, washing pans. And a voice came in my head and said, go to Texas Bible Institute. And my life has never been the same. I went to Houston for a year and studied the Bible and studied down there and served, and I got to be on a TV show that broadcasts to like 96 countries and like all nations around the world. I'm going to Israel in like next month. It's been insane. But never has my heart been, man, this sucks. Sure wish I wasn't following Jesus. No. My heart has throbbed and swelled with joy from that moment back in the back of Mount uh, Winsboro, Brookshire's. And it has been amazing every step of the way. And he's never let me down. And he's never told me I wasn't good enough. And he's never said anything negative about me. He's never disqualified me. He may have redirected me, but he never disqualified me. What does it mean to be radiate? The definition of radiate is diverge or spread from or as if from a central point. Hebrews 1.3, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Sorry, I'm thirsty. What it means to be radiate is literally to live, love, and look like Jesus. Radiance means representation. The Son is the exact representation of God. There is no part of Jesus that isn't God the Father. What are we spreading? We're spreading Jesus. We're spreading joy. We're spreading love. We're spreading grace. We're spreading forgiveness. We're spreading hope to people who are hopeless. We're spreading freedom to the captives. We're spreading healing to the oppressed. We're spreading Jesus. The problem in our culture is that we have people trying to represent Jesus from a platform while denying him in private. We have people trying to represent Jesus who have never been with him. I cannot represent Damon if I've never hung out with him. But we have people on mics all across the world uh, sending out damnation to people and telling them that hurricanes are are a product of God's vengeance on people. And telling them that racism is okay to Jesus and telling that it's okay to not like people because of what they believe and it's okay to not love them and disqualify your love because of something they did to you that's not Jesus but because they've never been with him they can't represent him right and to represent him right you have to be with him it doesn't work if you're not with him I mean sure let's tweet some scripture But as far as showing people love, we can't do that. Let's show up on Sunday but not help someone on Monday because we're busy. Let's give God a tip but get stingy when we see someone in need. We have people spouting hateful, bigoted, and racist ideologies while still claiming to be a follower of Jesus. It doesn't work that way. And to truly represent Jesus well, you must be able to do it consistently over time. Without consistency, people only get a glimpse of Jesus and not the full picture. Without consistency, people only get a snapshot of Jesus and not the full picture of what he's about. Everyone wants to be famous, but not everyone wants to be great. Fame comes from a single event. Odell Beckham Jr., famous. Michael Jordan, the little step back, tongue out. Nate Robinson, the dunk contest. Grayson, the rap rap battle. Alex, the the rap battle from camp. Fame comes from a single event, but greatness can't be reduced to an action or an event. To be great, you gotta be great 24-7, 365. And I find that genuine greatness is exposed more in the dark and hard times than the light and easy. Anyone can be great when it's great. Anyone can be great when it's easy. But greatness shines in the darkness. Greatness is sustained. But how do we sustain that? By his word. How do you as a believer live the life that God has called you into? How do you sustain this when you're 20, 30, 40, 50? Or is this just a teenage thing, fad, because somebody brought you and you thought it was cool and there was lights and music and yada, yada, yada? Or do you really want to sustain this thing to where you're 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, dead, living with Jesus? Do you want to break generational curses off your family? Do you want to break depression off of your family? Do you want to break divorce off of your family? Do you want to be a father when you were raised fatherless? Do you want to do these things or do you want to just leave the world the way you found it? Because there's been generations past that just left the world the way they found it. There's been generations come and go, and there's been people come and go that just left everything the way they found it. Because it was all right for them. I don't want all right for my kids. I don't want just okay for my kids. I want greatness for them. But it's gonna take me sustaining greatness in my lifetime for them. Is it? Is that good? Because I can't tell. I got you Here's the thing, though. Whenever we see word, we see this. But you can't just look at the words on the page. The way you sustain this, the way you live your life, the way you truly represent Jesus, isn't because you get up and read this one day. This is ink on paper, people. Without the Holy Spirit and without Jesus reading this with you, this is just another book. This is just another paper with ink on it. These are just words on a page. Unless you truly take time and really investigate into this word and get the Holy Spirit to help you out and empower you and read this, this will stay Logos the rest of your life and will never become Rhema. And you will live the same exact life you've always lived. Until you truly put precedence on this. Because this right here is just a book. This right here is a word. That right there is the word. The words are just logos. It's just ink on paper. The word is Rama. It's living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. And it can change your life. And it is able to help you in any situation, Any circumstance, any ism, any addiction, any issue, anything. But what's the point? Have you ever asked yourself, what's the point? If I just live the same life Monday through Thursday, Monday through Friday, change it on Sunday, and then go living the same life, what's the point? What's the point of me coming to church? What's the point of me following Jesus? What's the point of me becoming who God has called me to be? What's the point? We live pointless lives because we've never figured out what's the point. We live on accident and we create accidents because we never truly realize what am I doing here? Why am I here? Why was I created? What's the plan I have for my life? What's the plan God has for my life? Who who are the people in my life that I need to change because God has called me to do that and he's put them in my life for a reason? What is the point? If we're going to be radiating, if we're going to do this thing, we're not doing it just to do it. We will not do this thing just for fancy lights and me to get up and stand in front of a bunch of people and talk for 30 minutes and then everybody go on like everything's cool. Because I'd be wasting my breath. What is the point? Why are we doing this? And what is the end result of following Jesus? Isaiah 60, verse 15. Although you have been forsaken and hated, abandoned or rejected, in another version, with no one traveling through, I will make you the everlasting pride And joy of all generations. I believe this with everything that is in me. That Jesus wants to do something with this generation that's never been done, seen, or heard of before. Jesus wants to take all the negative stuff that everyone wants to spew about how this generation is godless and will be the end of the church. And everything that they like to complain about is the exact reason God wants to use you. He wants to use this generation and see this generation that has been forsaken, hated, abandoned, and rejected because that's what they did with Jesus. He was forsaken, hated, and rejected by the pastors of of their day. And he sees a generation that has been forsaken, hated, and rejected by the quote-unquote pastors of their day. And he wants to change your life and revolutionize everything that you're about. Why? Because they did it to him. Why? Because he sees something in you. Why? Because you've got gold on the inside of you. Why? Because there's purpose in you. Why? Because there's potential in you. Why? Because there is not an issue, addiction, ism, problem, anything that can keep the love of God from you. But we must radiate Jesus from every part of our being Because from beginning to end, it's always been him and it will always be him. From beginning to end, it's always been him and it has always been about him. I like to phrase it this way. Your life is just a small part in his big story. You are just a finite character in the grand movie that he is painting, that he is filming. And do you wanna be an extra or do you wanna be a star? Do you want to be walking man number three? Or do you want to be called by name? Do you want to be in the background or do you want to be in the forefront? Do you want to be sitting in the back or do you want to be up on the front lines? It's your decision. I can't make it for you. But if you will realize that you have this much to live and you have this amount to make a difference in the world around you, I believe you'll come to the front and want to be a star from beginning to end. It's always been him and it will always be him. The Rock of Ages, the King of Kings, the Prince of Peace, the Messiah, the Christ, the Stumbling Stone, Jesus, the Son of God. Jesus, the only one who can save. Jesus, the only one who can set free. Jesus, the only one who can empower. Jesus, the only thing, the only hope you have at changing your life. Jesus, it is not a 12-step program. It is not a get well program. It is not a revolutionized life. It is a truly transformed and truly uh, 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 given to him life. And if you think Jesus is just here to improve your finite life, no, he's here to transform your life. He wants to see you change, he wants to see you big, he wants to see you better. He wants you to be all that he has called you to be and that is nothing that you are right now. I used to think whenever I was kind of like uh, not following Jesus, shocker, no I'm joking. Whenever I wasn't following Jesus, I would think to myself, I was like man, I, like, I wanna follow Jesus but then like can I get like a, like a five year plan of what this is gonna be like so I can kind of make like an educated decision like, am I going to have to, like, do some stuff or, like, because honestly, I like the way I was living. And that's where a lot of young people leave it. They like the way they're living because they don't, they don't realize, we don't realize that the life that Jesus has for you is better than anything you've ever seen because he's nothing you've ever seen. The life that Jesus has for you isn't like what you're living right now because it's totally transformed. It's totally different. And I can promise you from the bottom of my heart that it is everything that you have ever wanted for your life. He knows the desires of your heart. He knows the deep, dark, not dark, light things that you want. The great and ambitious things that you truly dream of. And he wants to fulfill those things. But only when you fully sacrifice your life to him and fully give it to him. He wants to revolutionize your life. We must radiate Jesus from every part of our being, because from beginning to end, it's always been him, and it will always be.